right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Barstool Backstage. A lot to get into this week. Recap at Coachella Week 1. We have the AI conversation to get into. A lot of new music, new Foo Fighters, which we will, of course, touch on. And who else better to have here than Robbie Fox? Robbie, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. It's 420 as we record this, and this is kind of a tradition. Yeah. I think I was on the last 420 episode. Happy, Happy 420, guys. Kenny, uh, what are you smoking? Or as Kenny buddy? calls it, <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I just bought some fresh weed, man. I'm going to twist it up. Happy holidays, everybody. Dude, does it make you cooler that you celebrate 420? Totally, dude. It's like when I used to like take whiteout pen and draw 420 on my backpack in high school. <laughs> You're wearing sunglasses inside, you loser. I'm really high. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you missed the beautiful intro that we'll end up using. When I came into this meeting, Johnny was doing an arpeggiated synth thing. <laughs> and I started dancing. We make content. It's what we do. It's what we do, apparently. Uh, yeah, like I said, a lot to get into this week. And I think what I'd like to start with asking is, should we start with, like, the happy stuff or get into the heady existential dread conversation first? I'm going to leave that to Johnny. What do you feel like, buddy? Happy. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to lose the fucking audience if we That's go de death off the bat. Yeah, if we just go straight up death and destruction and actual argumentation. Uh, which, by the way, intern Caleb, I want to point this out. This kid called me a boomer today because I don't like AI. He called me a boomer. And I'm a little bit. Oh, first of, he's, he's like 22. So it's everybody's the weirdest thing. How like I'm 34. I don't relate to people that are like in college right now. No, I mean, I, I feel like like the old man yelling at clouds. Abraham Simpson. Dude, I'm older than everyone here. I'm probably older than like two of you guys put together. But I still think of Dave as older than me. He's <laughs> <laughs> always in a bad mood. I'm not always in a bad mood. You do have old man tendencies, though. You have old man tendencies. What's that? Uh, just general disposition. Just uh, being a grump. Yeah, just things that make <laughs> you mad. I, there's a difference between being a grump and not being in just this over-exuberant like, oh, hey, what's up, everybody? Like, Colin. Like, I'm not a grump. <laughs> yeah, you, Dave was basically describing me. Yeah. Dave's anti-Colin. I think that's what we figured out. It's not that I'm anti-Colin. It's that I'm just... No, no, no. Like, if you were a super villain, you'd be, like, anti. You'd be the reverse version of me. No, I've said this many times. Like, you were born and raised in the wrong place. Because I know Delco people. And, like... Delco. I know you're not... But, like, those people. I... Uh -huh. I, I Philly people. Yeah. <laughs> you're not... You're not... I know you're from Philly, but you're not from Philly. You I know the... Scumbag dickhead in you. No, I don't, dude, but it's deep down buried. We have to unlock it somehow. I just got to spend more time with you, Dave. I got to move in for like that. a week. Yeah, I know. It's scary. No, but... that's absolutely out of the question. Yeah, I know. I don't <laughs> want to be there anyway, so trust me. Uh, all right, let's get into happy stuff first then. There was a lot of new music. We have Coachella to get into. We have the Frank Ocean saga, which, uh, uh, Johnny, by the way, did you seriously text me and say, what song should I know? I went and looked him up afterwards. I, I know a song or two. I mean, come on, man. I feel like you would like Frank a lot if you got into him. I, the one or two I heard, I remember liking. I just, I, dude, I, this isn't even, I wasn't even dissing on Frank Ocean. I just, there's too many fucking, there's too much music in the world. I can't be on top of everything. I know he's huge. He's headlining. He was previously headlining Coachella. Yeah, previously. And we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll get into that. Let's recap week one because there was a couple standout performances. Robbie, you're here. Let's get into it right away. The return of Blink-182. What did you think of the set, man? 
man, I loved it. It was a surprise. I was happy that it was live stream that we were all able to watch it. I tweeted that the the stage that they were on actually looked a bit like a UFO. So that was really fitting for Tom's <laughs> return, right? Yeah. Them coming out and opening with family reunion yeah, was, was awesome. such a tone setter where it's like, Hey, we're not taking ourselves seriously. This is the same Blink-182 you know and love. We're going to play the hits on this set, and we're going to absolutely lose our minds in terms of fun. And that's what it was. I think you texted me like it was so bad it was good, and that's exactly what we needed out of Blink. Blink Correct. It is what Blink-182 is. And it seemed like Tom actually gave a shit and tried, and that's all we could ask out of the guy. His guitar also... I got to say, sounded better than it sounded in forever. I'm sorry. I got a fucking dog now. I'm watching a dog. All right. I'm going to go on mute. You guys talk about it. <laughs> well, hold on real quick. Even we'll talk about the guitar. Kenny, did you see what Tom was playing? Yeah. Yeah. It was I like a three. It. it was like a 335 body with a, with a, <laughs> with a fender neck. That's because he grew up and became a man. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> no, but Dave, it's you said though, it. Because I feel like, um, yeah, bad is good. Awesome. I loved the performance. I love Blink, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's funny to me that Mark and and Travis seemed to continue to get better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow Tom is the exact same. Yeah. I, is that I, the I one think, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. But it has a, it has a strat headstock, which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What is the body? It's, I bet it's, it's new. He's back to, he's back to Fender recently in the yeah, past like couple months. Is that the Starship thing or whatever the hell it's called? It's Starcaster. Called. Starcaster. That's what, yeah, that's what Drew and AWOL played. Starcasters. Yeah. Black. Gnarly guitar, man. Uh, I just I think Dave said it best. I want bad good out of Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. It's a mess. They're they're a garage band that somehow became one of the most important bands of the twenty first century, and they just did what they were supposed to do. Like there's there was wrong notes. Tom's guitar sounded like shit half the time. I don't care. It was Great fun. jokes in between songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like, I don't expect them to come out there and give us a sermon on the political standing of the United States. I, I expect them to come out there and sh- say the words shit, cut, cu- shit, cunt, fuck, piss, whatever the fuck it is that they said. They did that whole song. Like I love that. They also came out to like Mozart or something. Did yeah. you hear that? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. But now they're going to be headlining weekend two. Because of the entire Frank Ocean situation. And Dante's been slightly out of the loop, so he was asking me a lot of questions yesterday about what happened. For those of you who are under a rock, what happened with Frank Ocean was his set was delayed an hour. He came out, sat the entire time behind the stage, basically, and the only thing the crowd could see was the Jumbotron above him. Did, like, messed up versions of his own songs and then ended an hour early because of curfew. Pissed a lot of people off. A lot of people felt played, which, by the way, that's kind of Frank's M.O., and I'll get into that in a minute, but he's now dropped out of Weekend 2 because of an ankle injury, and Blink will be taking his spot. I'm a huge Frank fan, so I was excited to see him that he's still alive. Like, that was my big thing, that he doesn't, like, you know, that he still exists, that he's not just this enigma that, like, once existed and we don't know whether or not he's still around. And he sounded great, but overall, I can totally see if I was there, I'd be pissed too. And, uh, but do you think that raises his like iconic status? Yes. It's a big move to go like fuck over Coachella and be a diva, and then like you get it, you know, good press ultimately because people well, are talking about him. What I was talking about with the previous finesse, Coachella's not even close to the biggest person that he ever fucked over. He fucked over Lucian Grange. You know who Lucian Grange is? Yeah, yeah. So when Frank wanted to get out of his record deal after uh, his first record, he was still owed two records. So. He went to go after like five years of sitting around, put out this visual album on Apple called Endless that was just him woodworking and the music playing in the background. 
legally that counted as an album and nobody's ever listened to endless in its entirety and Dude, then, I'm starting to like this guy more and more. Everything you say. The next day, he put out an album called Blonde, which was a huge hit. He took Lucian Grange for like $30 million off of that and then got out of his deal and owns everything. But this is a, the, you're saying this is a good thing, right? Yes, Frank is the finesser of a generation. He's, he's, Finesse God. Yeah, what's the name of the guy from uh, Catch Me If You Can? Frank Abagnale? Yeah. He's Frank oh, yeah. Abagnale, 100% with you more talent. You see recently that it came out that Frank Abagnale was l- lying about almost everything that was in the movie? Shocker! Yeah, like 90% Shocker. of it was all bullshit. You mean the guy who was known for check fraud and, and fraudulent activity was fraudulent about the movie that was made about his life? It was something That's like awesome. he cashed 2000 bucks or something of fake big checks. So that was his final finesse. His final finesse yeah. was that he finessed yeah. the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Dude, finesse God. Frank Ocean <laughs> you know, and Frank Abagnale. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Exactly, I can't, but I will say this. The story behind Frank is even deeper with the performance. So the reason why the set was delayed an hour was because Frank had put in his contract that the set design was supposed to be an entire ice rink with a hundred different ice dancers dan- like going around him the entire time. And the morning of the show decided, I don't want that ice rink anymore. And they had to defrost the ice rink get it off the stage, and it went all the way up past his time to go on the stage. And that's why there was that makeshift set design where he was behind the stage, basically. Maybe it was Very... a statement on uh, climate change. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. That, I was going to say very Kanye-esque. Well, that's, that's in our group chat. Uh, everybody was calling him an asshole, and I said, I kind of like it because I like the eccentrics. That is a very yeah. Kanye move, like mm-hmm. a very Kanye move. But Didn't over, Kanye drop out of Coachella over a stage before? He dropped out of Coachella. He dropped out of... Apparently, there's a legendary conversation about his 2009 uh, Bonnaroo performance where he dropped out because of stage design. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I think overall, like, looking at the weekend as a total, I think it was a success, uh, success for Coachella because there actually was some great performances that I did see. The Gorillas performance was unbelievable. They brought out the living members of De La Soul to do uh, Feel Good Inc., which I thought was unbelievable. I, David Auburn just continues to like have this secondary career after Blur that is just unbelievable. And Robbie, that I think that he said about Taylor Swift that was so funny that he still ended up apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> he I didn't know, apologize he did. for it. it was, uh, what did he say? I didn't see that. He, he said basically like, she doesn't really write her own songs. Like, let's be honest with like, ourselves like, don't here. Don't call her a songwriter kind of thing. And yeah. people lost their mind. Oh, sure. and, and then he folded real quick. I didn't Wait, like that he folded. Albert's I want him to, like, the Gallaghers would never fold on that. No, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Yeah, but dude, have you seen Godfather 2? I'm picturing the same sort of thing, but with Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mo Green in this situation? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> the Gallaghers. Uh, Robbie, but did I ever text you this question that I had? I think I did. D- has Damon Auburn's secondary career actually given him the award of the winner of the Battle of Britpop because of the way that the gorillas have gone on to, to absolutely continue to evolve? Uh, y- yes, but in terms of, like, he didn't get the final kill. He was just standing on the battlefield last. That's you know, true. like, yeah. there was friendly <laughs> fire on the Oasis side. Liam and Noel killed each other, and he was like, oh, shit, I guess I'm the last one standing here. I mean, that gorillas performance was awesome. Did anybody see great. the bit? Did anybody see the Bad Bunny performance with the whole thing with uh, with Post Malone? No. Post Malone. I saw was, a, a clips of it. Yeah. So Post Malone was standing like side stage and came out and did a song with him, but he was hammered. 
And then he wouldn't take the hint to get off the stage. So oh, no. awkwardly, Post was just like on the stage. You could tell Bad Bunny was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> like, And so uh, also they had like technical difficulties on their end. Overall, I also want to give a shout out to Cannons, who were friends of the program, who went out and did a huge main stage set. Uh, they were on the podcast in November. We interviewed them at Brooklyn Mirage. Um, they were great. The uh, EDM side, Chris Lake and Fisher did an amazing house set to kind of close out the night. And I bring up Chris Lake because Chris Lake just got confirmed for the podcast. We're going to be doing him at Brooklyn Mirage in May. One of the headliners of Coachella. No fucking big deal. Uh, big stuff. But overall, I mean, dude, as much as I want to hate on Coachella, I thought it was actually uh, a pretty cool week one. Uh, this is the only year that I've I've gone and checked in on it because I usually do with Bonner because they've had Bonner real live streams the last couple of years and Coachella. Like, I'll watch 10 minutes and then, like, throw it on 10. Like, I watched a lot of Coachella yeah. first weekend. It was it was really fucking good. The Blink, I don't have anything to add to the Blink-22 performance that you guys haven't already said, but what a fucking throwback. It was, Seriously, it was man. So fucking, it was fun to watch, man. Yeah, like, I got the chills just talking about it right now. I'm thinking about, like, burning CDs and shit with all their music on it, you know? It felt real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like That's at a festival, it. it genuinely feels a little plastic to me. It actually felt real and it was fun. And people seem to really enjoy themselves. Like you obviously saw that they announced a big tour, right? Yeah, uh, with turns with turnstile and friends of the program, White Reaper opening. It's like what sick. a way to come back. Surprise set of Coachella into into headlining Coachella into big reunion tour. Good for you guys. Wouldn't it be funny if they came out weekend two with like three extra musicians and did like a huge production? Like <laughs> everything we just said, the antithesis of it with an ice two. rink. With <laughs> an ice rink, <laughs> they, should, they, should, be, they should use the ice rink. Oh that my would be god, they got it built. Hilarious. Yeah, they got it built. Although, wow. listen, I don't want to put that out there because knowing me, I've had tickets to see Blink five times. I've never seen them. They cancel all their shows. Travis Barker would slip and fall on the ice rink, break his finger, and I would. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. About I also that. wanted to bring up Knocked Loose's set at yep, Coachella. Huge. Because this was like huge for hardcore music, especially Knocked Loose going out there, creating like the biggest circle pit I've ever seen at Coachella of all places. Right. And having Billie Eilish side yeah, stage like right. five into them. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. There is that. That scene is so vibrant right now, though. Like I brought up Turnstile, Knocked Loose. Like, those kind of appends. People are, I think people are craving some shit that they can actually lose their minds to a little bit. And the band like Knock Loose really, like every article that I saw written about Coachella was that Knock Loose might have had this, the set of the first weekend, which is uh, uh, unbelievable to me. Who I, I don't think know they're who they gonna are. go on that. They're a hardcore band. They're they're like punk hardcore, really. Yeah, um, and I think they're going to go on like a turnstile type run in the next yeah. year where they're kind of like breaking through the genre, bringing more people into it and been around kind of bridging that too. gap. Yeah, they have been. And actually, Nick Tarani of Barstool, one of their biggest fans. Really? He yes. listens to a lot of... Uh, he, he loves Bad Sons. They're no like shit. favorite fucking band, yeah. Oh, he, wow. Nick's got great, great taste. Nick looks like the kind of guy you see at a Knock Loose concert, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could see but that. Hammett just said that. I, I was reading this yesterday or day before. I'll say Thursday. He was I, Maybe Tuesday or something. But uh, Kirk Hammett just said, he's like, yeah, rock music said, but metal will never die. I don't do, I don't agree with the rock music is dead thing. I think it's just coming in different forms now. It's like, it's it's just a crucified not, version of not it. pop music anymore. It right. used to be pop. In the 90s it was pop. Now it's not that. But when you have bands like fucking Beartooth playing Wembley, it ain't dead. Nothing's dead. It, it once again it just comes in different forms now. And I think when you watch bands like that are ripping each other apart and and shit like that like Beartooth or Knock Loose and things like that, 
people still want rock music. It's just not being shoved down your throat. You got to look for it a little bit. And I, I actually kind of like that. I'd rather have to dig. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, the rap, like popular rap has been shoved down everybody's throat so much in the past, like six years. Everybody's getting a little bit tired of it. You never know. The, the flip, the, the switch might flip and you might go back to getting it shoved down your throat again. You never know. People thought rock yeah. was dead before Nirvana. They thought hair metal was killing rock. And then all of a sudden it comes back. Things go in cycles. We've covered that a million times on this podcast. The cycles are so fast now also, you know, yes. like, yeah. things go much quicker than they used to. Very true. Uh, speaking of rock music, let's go into uh, something huge that happened this past week. New Foo Fighters, kind of out of the blue. They teased it very, very shortly. Uh, Rob, what's the name of the song? I just listened to it like a half an hour ago. Rescued. Rescued. Uh, very, very much in the vein of early Foo Fighters. It that's, felt what very- I, that's exactly what I took from it. It was like vintage, early, mid-90s uh, Foo Fighters. It, it was- felt... It felt like in your honor, Foo Fighters. It felt like DOA Foo Fighters. It felt like uh, that. And I mean, that's probably one of the biggest commercial records. I loved it. And my first thought was, what's the story? Is is there, was there any involvement from uh, Taylor on it or is it uh, totally new? I think it was Grohl drumming. And I wanted to get clarification on that, but it felt like Dave Grohl, but doing Taylor Hawkins. Do you know what I mean? Like it was in the style of Taylor Hawkins, but no one hits the drums that goddamn hard. You know, it's Dave Grohl. Yeah, I think it was probably Dave. From the clips, I couldn't tell. We were texting like before the song was actually put out. Like, is it Dave? Is it Taylor? Is it Dave? Listening to the full song, I think it probably is Dave. Right. I would imagine he'll probably be the studio drummer on all their stuff going forward. And they'll get someone for touring. It would be cool. First off, Dave could drum the entire set and sing from the drums. They have three other guitar players in the band. Like <laughs> They do have a wall of guitar already. Which, of course, was a fight between them. And I think the White Stripes said, like, oh, we're not the Foo Fighters with nine fucking guitar players on stage. Uh, but, I mean, Dave could easily be the... <laughs> they the don't drummer. even have one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just fucking kidding. Yeah, let's get in a fight, dude. I'm down for that. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think the new record's going to be great. But I do wonder, do you think that they'll have... I mean, me and Robbie were texting about this. I said there could be a possibility where they do, like, a rotating thing of like featured drummers on the record where they they were, have... they were saying uh um fucking what's his name from the chili peppers Chris Chad Smith. Smith. Chad that Smith. was my Chad that Smith. was my guess was i know Chad exactly Smith. who they're gonna get it's who every fucking band ever gets ever Don't... josh freeze josh freeze yeah yeah i mean it would make sense <laughs> josh freeze or brooks wackerman one or the other I Why mean, not? Uh, what's his name? Queens of Stone Age, dude. I was no, going to say Josh Hame, who, of course, they're they're such good friends. Could you imagine and, doing a giant stadium tour with the Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age? Queens opens, and then Josh Hame goes and plays drums. Just boots, dude. To- I would actually flip that bill. In my, this is just my opinion. For me, Queens of the Stone Age are like, I way prefer them to Foo's. I, I like I like Foo Fighters, but fucking Queens of the Stone Age are my. I did understand rock. Queens of the Stone Age until. I think it was like a festival in Germany we played and I got to be like right up against the barricade main stage for Queens and it was like oh I fucking get it now dude they're so like they're it's really smart without being smart do you know what I mean yes like you you actually listen to it it's very complicated but it never sounds like oh they're going off into some weird math rock world or anything Mm -mm. and then also fuck I met Josh Homme like literally just said hello we were at a festival in mexico together he's literally a fucking viking giant yes he's yeah, huge i was gonna say isn't he like six like, four six hello five, sir good to me like <laughs> yeah that is one dude that i would never want to fight you ever see that video of him i think he's in germany and some kid in the crowd threw something at him 
and Josh Hame just screams at the kid and yells a bunch of things that I'm not allowed to say on the podcast. <laughs> it is terrifying. And he's in a leather jacket getting rained on. And he, he basically said, how about I come down there and butt fuck you in front of your friends? <laughs> and they, he tried to swing at the kid. Like, it was incredible. I love Queens of the Stone Age, man. Have you guys ever gotten into mini mansions? No. Who's mini mansions? The bass player of Queens has a side project with a dr- three people, drummer who's standing up, uh, a keyboard player, and then it's the bass player of Queens. And it's a lot like yeah. Queens, but with more electronic shit. And it's huh. Awesome. I need to check them out. Interesting. I'm into that. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, the Foo Fighters, I don't think they've lost a step. I think that they're highly motivated to make this a great album. And I love the first thing that I heard that came out. It felt like, I don't know, like co- not color and shape as much. But like I said, I think like there's nothing left to lose slash in your honor yeah. here at Foo Fighters. And it, it's it's right up my alley. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And the interviews that are going to come out before then, hopefully we can get one. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to make some calls. But I, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to listen to him talk about Taylor. Like that's that's gonna be I know. And, uh, and something that's not being talked about as much. He also lost his mother like months after he lost Taylor. It was I Taylor and I think it was Taylor in March and his mom in the summer. And he's already said in the in the kind of little announcement that the band put out about the album coming out June second, they said, you know, this is an album of grief and and you know, looking back at bittersweet remembrances and stuff like that. There's also a song on the album called the teacher, which is going to be the Foo Fighters longest song ever. It's over 10 minutes long. Wow. And the teacher that immediately makes me think, Oh God, are we getting a song about his mom? That's going to make us weep. I don't know. God almighty. I uh, I went through some Foo Fighters today at the gym and I am a river came on, which is one of the Foo Fighters longest songs. Just Something about the way they, they write guitar parts, man. It, it just gets me. The octave octave parts. And for, once again, you have nine guitar players in a band. You might as well throw them <laughs> on the wall and see what sticks. But I'm 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 ready for that new album. I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I think there's a lot of good music to look forward to. Um, and then some stuff that I'm not ready to look forward to, which is, of course, what I want to get into, which I think me and Johnny are going to scrap here. I have to be completely honest because Johnny has completely submitted to the robot overlords. We know this. Johnny loves AI. In what uh, way? Buddy, you sent me AI pictures of babies in a studio the other day. Yeah, yeah, for fucking memes. <laughs> Dude, you can't beat AI for memes these days. I guess that's true. But I guess what, what, what we have to get into here is, and I actually got in arguments with people on the backstage socials about this. The, new, the, the Drake and the Weekend song that came out, and subsequently since, numerous AI Drake songs have come out. I think we're walking a very dangerous path. And I don't like what's going on. I don't like the AI music scene. I don't like the fact that people can just take people's voices and and make music with it without their permission. I also don't like the fact that songs are being whittled down to basic bullshit. I I am like old man yelling at the clouds on this. And I I feel like I'm like fighting for like uh, the dignity of songwriters and people who make music. And I know that sounds a little bit uh, highfalutin, but it forces better songwriting and creativity for too long you've been able to put out drake records because let's be (laughs) fucking honest drake is not exactly a fucking musical genius yeah he's like the most streamed artist ever but it's like tell me one of his songs sounds different from another and then get a fucking algorithm to prove that to me so i think ai pushes creativity like every other tool that's ever come along has just forced real humans to find 
a way to do something that the computers or machines can't do. So I'm with you. Like, it's kind of bullshitty, and I, I'm not really into it. But at the same time, I think it forces things back. There's going to be a massive backswing towards people wanting to see people play instruments and or sing and do it live. And it's already happening. Like, you are talking about at Coachella, yeah, but- like a fucking punk or hardcore band you know here's the thing that scares me though i think it was like a month ago i said dave if someone were to put out music from a computer that was the same as an artist and you listen to it would you give a fuck would you care that it wasn't the real thing and you were like maybe i don't know if it was good it was good and i'll probably listen to it am i I right if i if i didn't know that it was ai that's one thing if i if i let me put it this way if I knew a song was created solely by just AI, then I would feel a little dirty enjoying it. But sure. if I enjoyed it, I'd enjoy it. Well, one thing I can tell you is there's a lot of people out there who didn't give a shit because it got 11 million streams in like three days. Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me, is that it seems like the general public really doesn't care as long as they get what they want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that yeah, scares yeah, yeah. me. That's why we have a fast... And Furious 11 getting announced <laughs> yesterday. People are talking about AI, dude. Wow, good point. But I, th- th- it doesn't freak you guys out as songwriters to think like. And dude, do you? Th- here's another. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna play devil's advocate on this because behind the scenes, I basically agree with you in terms of my like emotional reaction to it because it basically is a bit terrifying as a songwriter to have your job on the line like a blacksmith. It's like. God damn it, I'm a musician. I'm important. <laughs> but that's actually the reality of it. If a machine can take the job, they've done it throughout history. They're going to. Like, do we need 100,000 songs out on Spotify every day? Or should actually the cream rise to the top of the true artists and the people that can really write and do something that fucking AI can't duplicate? I'm not going to argue that, but you're also going to get a lot of musicians who can't hack it, who will yeah. pay for these AI services that will then in turn make that their niche and then they'll push that shit out. So not only do you have to fight with the actual human beings that you're competing with to get heard, now you have people who are just going to chop up Drake's voice or The Weeknd's voice or, or hold on, I didn't I get know. this yet, Amy Winehouse or something like that, an artist who died, and they start making new Amy Winehouse records, which someone came to me and said, oh, you wouldn't want to hear new Chester uh, Beddington and uh, Linkin Park records? I'm like, no, it's not the say it's not the person. It's not real. It's not actually. But being again, created. just creating someone's taking someone's voice and uh being able to analyze it and spit out, you know, feed in uh lyrics to it is totally different than like writing a new Beatles song. Like sure. I'm not saying that we won't get there. I you know, you it's I don't want to be one of those people that underestimates where technology is gonna go, but there is some magic left in in the actual creation process. Cause so far what we've seen it do is take input, spit it back out in variations, which, to be honest, is what most human beings do. Like, let me ask you: grew up listening to a bunch of shit, and then you turn out your little version of that. Let me That's ask very you: true. Do you think that with eighty thousand songs getting uploaded to Spotify every day these days, that once the AI gets dialed in, that that number will go up? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. When there's no real man hours being put into this. You're telling me you don't have to sit down and go to a studio. You can put this shit into a computer program and it's going to spit out more bullshit. I bet you the number triples. How's that going to work, though, with with like licensing and copywriting and publishing? UMG has already issued a takedown. It took it down. I'm more like 
Johnny, I knew copyright, was copyright has to, the entire concept of copyright over the next 10 years has to radically change. It will. Like, it ha there's no way around it. It's, it's a different world. Like, it's a different universe in terms of what is copyrightable. Like, it's already, like, it's literally a debate. If you analyze someone's voice, but don't actually sample it, can you copyright that newly synthesized voice that happens to sound like something else? Like, that's a real important and difficult legal question you, you know, know we're all dumb right like that's not the like i don't think this is definitely not the crew that's gonna be able to analyze legal issues but like <laughs> and johnny I, I i put this to you because you always say there's so much going on in the world and i seem to care so much about this kind of shit that i got all fired up isn't there some sanctity left in the process of creation of a song like that doesn't move you in some way to be colin like, are you nothing at last is sacred but the integrity of a man's mind? Sure. That is a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. That's that's the last. That's the only thing that they. Well, I won't even say that. They might come for that too. But really? but for now, you have the sanctity in your own mind and in your own spirit. Everything else, like there's what? What do you mean, like sacredness? Like I don't even believe in that as a concept. But beyond there, beyond here, there's Here, something to play devil's advocate. Good. Colin, you're trying to make your big break right now yep. as a singer-songwriter, frontman of a band. Yep. Does this worry you in the sense that you can't compete with it, or does it motivate you uh, to be better? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't scare me from the perspective of competition with robots. That's not at all what it is to me. It's more about in this community of songwriters or like people who actually put their life out there into the ether as like people who actually create shit, right? Yeah. There's a certain, like, a sanctity to that to me where it's just like there's something special about the actual human expression of synthesizing fucking thoughts and emotions and putting it out into the world. And so few people can do it well. You know what I mean? And then people boil – like, it's what I always argue on this podcast that music nowadays, specifically songs because there's so many of them, are seen as commodities. Now it's being commodified – like, is commodified a word? It, we know what you mean. It's being boiled down less and less to the point where it's like, we don't even need the humans in the room anymore because some nerd behind a keyboard paid $400 to be able to extract Drake's but, voice. But Colin, we do. This is my point, is that yes, the, it's, this has been the progress of humanity of uh, intelligence and evolution, a mechanical evolution forever, is that they're constantly boiling down and figuring out a way to commodify, commodify yeah. something. Um, and yet... Every single time humanity has risen above it and found a new path to express creativity. So short of us of AI actually like literally blowing us up with nukes or something, it will. The humans are going to find a new way to create a path towards something that is quote uh, uh, sanctified or what's the word uh, sacred. Yeah, but um, I think my thing is though like. If we don't say it, though, if we're, if we're just sitting here and we're, if, if, God forbid, we five people in this podcast, we're just like, no, it's cool. Like, then the alarms don't go off in anybody's head. I was shocked how many people in the replies on those posts that I put up were like, nah, fuck you. You're, you're an old man yelling at clouds here. here. Here's the other thing, though. And you, I, you could say this about a lot of things. Like, we saw this when we started our new Tuesday, Thursday show. Right off the bat, when you're introducing something new, you're going to have a fuck ton of people checking it out. And then it's going to plummet immediately yeah. because people know what it is and what it sounds like. And then it'll level off. I do think that most people are drawn to, like you just said, as a, as a very specific, eccentrics. 
Like yeah. people in general are eccentric. Computers aren't, you know, computers That's very true. are fucking computers. And people aren't going to be drawn to that as much as someone that went through the process, I don't think. But like I'll I'll check shit out, but no, nah, it's fucking cheap and dirty, you know. You see, I think it this brings up actually a really really deep discussion as to what it is that when you use the word sacred or it has sanctity to it, what is it that what is the quality that we're you're actually drawn to? And I would say that that quality perhaps is a sense of non-mechanicalness. And what I yeah. mean by that is that you can observe even in most humans, 99% of our day is mechanical. You go through the same motions every single day. It's input in, output. You know, like nothing we do is actually that differential or distinguishable from what computers are doing. But then every now and then, it pillars of humanity appear that are acting in a more conscious manner. And that is what we're drawn to, whether it's a Paul McCartney or Stevie Wonder, da, da Vinci or anything, or even in, in the realm of sports. When someone transcends mechanical behavior, that's what we call sacred and what we put on a pedestal and for good reason. Yeah. So I think that has happened every single time because that consciousness is something that is pure and sacred and kind of beyond understanding, perhaps even beyond discussion. So... I, if what you're saying, I, I will get behind what you're saying entirely, is that we need to remember in, within ourselves to have some kind of place for the sacred, then I 100% agree with you across all disciplines and across all forms. But at the same time, I don't think we need to be that terrified about a tool that it will, it's going to end up being a tool like it is until it isn't. If it kills us, fine, then humanity wasn't meant to exist. Like, let the aliens take over. But short of that... Like, keep it sacred to you. And I support you 100% in, in that sense. Robbie, I haven't even gotten to you yet. What, do you, what is your opinion on this? I've been listening to AI for years. I love Greta Van Fleet. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite friends, actually. <laughs> yes. uh, no, um, it is scary. Like, I was literally listening to this week, Chuck from Barstool sent me uh, Black Hole Sun by Kurt Cobain. And I heard that and I was just like, what the fuck? But it did, like, it, currently it's at the point, at least the one that I heard, where... It is like you could tell it's a robot. And I do agree that the human knowing, like knowing a human did this even makes a song better for me. Yeah. Get yes. back, I think it like really showed that where the actual song Get Back. It's yeah. it's a fine song. It's a it's a great classic, right? Whatever. But if you're a Beatles fan, I feel like most people just consider it one of the great Beatles songs. Right. Then you watch the documentary and you see Paul McCartney strumming along on his bass and just coming up with that out of the clouds in his head. And it made that song a thousand times better for me. Now and this I, is it, I can't not think about that moment. So I do think just knowing it's a human thing will make people like it more. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it, but I am like, it's trippy. Well, this is uh, it's funny. You bring up that documentary because on my list, which we'll get into in a couple minutes down the line, but I, I just watched the new Jason Isbell uh, HBO documentary about him making his most recent album. And there's nothing that I love more than watching songwriters and bands in studios. I watch videos of it constantly. It's one of the things that I want to do with backstage is, is get in the studio with us and watch us finish a record. Like I, I, I'm obsessed with the process of watching musicians make music and to watch the mental anguish that people go through while they're going through the process of trying to synthesize dark memories, different thoughts, and trying to make something memorable. That's what gets me going. That's why I get fired up about cheapening or shortening out the process to down to fucking numbers and, and, and programs. You see, you see the word you use, the, the suffering that you like is the, is 
literally the origin of the word passion is the suffering. Like, you know, the, the passion of the Christ is the suffering of the Christ type of idea in the religious realm. So that passion is not, it's not, I don't think it's like a, I'm whipping myself sort of pa uh, suffering, but there right. is something to the suffering and it's the struggle, again, to what I was saying before, against mechanical nature of just doing the same old thing over and over like a robot. That is a deep, deep and difficult struggle to try and do something that transcends that. So yeah, I agree with you. Seeing musicians, artists, uh, scientists, anybody struggling towards that is the the one thing that unites all of us and we can all agree upon. And some people call that gods, other people call it whatever you want to call it. Like it's a, it's a thing, an indefinable yet utterly important thing that exists for all of us. Right. That's what that, but that's what gets me fired up. And it, the funny yeah. thing is like, I know you, you love to play devil's advocate in the AI conversation and Kenny likes to act like he doesn't care about anything, but I know Kenny cares deeply about the studio process and about making music. Like I like, it is a thing amongst all of us that we care about this shit. And that's what Kenny's getting a blowjob from a robot right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm gonna say, like I, I and I, that that's just to me like the the crux of the conversation I wanted to get into, where it's like this shit isn't cute to me. I don't find it funny. I I don't I don't think it's cool. Maybe that's just me. I don't find it cool. I don't find like Black Hole Sun by Kurt Cobain cool. Part of what we were going to do today, and Armani White was supposed to be a guest, one of the biggest stars uh, rising in hip-hop right now. He's going to be an XXL freshman. We were going to bring him on to have this conversation. I had the interns make AI versions of Tupac and Drake of his songs. And I, oh, wanted, wow. to, I wanted to see his reaction. Two reasons it didn't happen. Armani couldn't make it this week because his label pushes release date up a week and he's scrambling to get shit done, which is what he told me today. And two, it was going to cost $600 to print those without watermarks on it. So we weren't going to do it anyway. So well, you, this is an interesting thing is that like you, there is going to be a barrier. Like the ultimate thing is going to be some kind of like proof of human sort of yeah. sticker. Like the whole shit that's going on with Twitter now, like beyond that and any political aspects of that there it's going to be very important in the future or now even to be able to prove that you're human and that's like to figure that out is going to require some geniuses in the cryptographic like yeah. perhaps blockchain world to get that squared away but yeah if you can't figure out what's human it's going to be uh, that's going to be a dodgy world <laughs> dave dave you know what this does lean into your world too because if people are calling for robot ups in baseball are you pro robot ump or anti robot ump? That's such. I mean, it, this is much more, much more dumbed down AI. Like, it doesn't. That doesn't reach that world. But it's taken the element of the human humanity out of the game in exactly. a way. Exactly. I, I I appreciate. I want fucking old school, old ass managers that still rip cigarettes in the dugout, bumping chest with umpire. Jim Leland. Just exactly. Jim Leland? Every team has a exactly. Jim Leland? I want Jim Leland's arguing with umpires because that's part of baseball. Damn right. Until I don't it know. fucks my team, but that doesn't even matter because they suck anyways. A conversation like this actually does lead me to believe we might be a little highfalutin for Barstool at times. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I th dude, I think that's also like... You, people always assume that everyone wants, just, wants to just hear like the lowest common denominator discussion all the time, and I think that's... That's denigrating of our audience. Colin. You guys like I think pussy? You're a piece like, of what are you, what's your shit. opinion on pussy, dude? <laughs> robot pussy. Yeah, robot. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm getting a virus, I want to be able to remove it with a piece of software. Yo, is, is a robot pussy just a USB port? 
<laughs> I'm putting robot robot pussy on my band's list. That's a hard I was just gonna say, there's a someone great must have that hey, already. Give it, give it, right next to non-binary sluts. Non-binary <laughs> sluts. There's a great band from Philadelphia called Mannequin Pussy that I great fucking name for a band. Robot Pussy. Yo, Kenny, that should be our fucking side project. You want to be so, robot pussy? I mean, it's either that or Pastor of Muppets or Edward Murphy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pastor of Muppets, I love. Wow. Pastor of Muppets, baby. Uh, yeah, all right. That was that was actually a fucking fantastic conversation. Before we get out of here, because next week, uh, who do we have coming on next week? John, Dave, wanna... I'm not going to say his last name because I don't know how to pronounce it. Resnick. It's some super fucking Polish or whatever. Let's hear Google Dolls. We got to get on. One of the all-time, my favorite concerts I've ever been to. I saw them in County Crows when I was like, I was 21 because I, I was legally drinking there. But I went with my sister. Um, she won like tickets, like call, be the 10th caller at whatever station. So it was like a spur of the moment thing. County Crows, absolute fucking grade A trash in concert. <laughs> Google Dolls, top five show I've ever seen. They were fucking Hold so John. Old Johnny boy. <laughs> like he called the shit poop. <laughs> Damn. 420 Stone Kenny is just hitting all the notes right now. <laughs> no, we do have Johnny Reznor coming on. I dude, I have a, a story about him that I want to ask him about, and it involves Ryan Cabrera. Remember Ryan Cabrera yeah. all the way down, crazy hair oh, guy? Yeah. That a manager of mine told me about in a studio in Nashville one time, and I want to get the full scoop, and I'm not going to spoil it before then. But I, I'm excited to talk to Johnny Resnick. We have a ton of interviews coming up. I feel like the period of time where we weren't doing in-person stuff is about to end, and we're about to have a lot more in-person stuff that I'm excited about. Um, yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh, before we get out of here, let's go into on the list, off the list. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Who's on your list? On my list, I'm going to go with uh, – I'll go with Elon Musk. Oh, interesting. He pisses people off, and I like that about him. Why do people hate Elon Musk? Because he's agreed with some right-wing, like, talking points. That's all it is. Who Whose parents among us haven't? You know what I mean? Like, Who on earth hasn't at one point or another? It's like, I think he named his kid, like, a robot name as well, if we're yeah, talking it's like, robots. It's, it's pronounced Rachel, but he has a super fucking weird spelling. It's like X twelve R equals. But I, I see people MC bitching squared. about him all day today. Like, oh, his fucking rocket exploded. What can this fucking guy do right? It's like, dude, he's the richest guy in the world. He's done something right. Dude, I'll, I'll here. I'll play devil's advocate because I also don't. I'm not one of these people that's like fuck Elon. Like, I mean, fuck everyone. Where I basically stand, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, there's a thing that I don't think necessarily think a lot of people are thinking about. Like he bought Twitter, right? He gets access to however many billion users that is, or hundreds of millions. He just started an AI company. You want to talk about scary in the AI world? He has now got a billion fucking humans training what's going to be the most advanced AI in the world. If they start analyzing that data, reading and watching tweets as they come in. Of course, the robots are going to be fucking idiots if it's based on what people are writing on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's still scary. So he's, he's off my robot. list, but for no, different reasons. Robbie, I think it's the opposite. I hope that AI only learns from black Twitter, and it will be the funniest AI of all time. <laughs> black it Twitter be, is... It's, it's the greatest I'm place on earth. actually in a bad mood, I'll just head on over to black Twitter and have, I'll laugh. <laughs> it's the greatest thing that <laughs> was ever invented. on over. <laughs> Dave just scrolls on over to Black Twitter, dude. Black Twitter is just an unbelievable place if you just want to laugh for a long time. They, it's so fucking funny. They got us beat on, on Twitter. 
They got us beat on a lot of things, a lot of especially things, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Um, Robbie, who's on your list? I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's just hardcore music. I was yeah. never a hardcore music. I was always a punk kid, mostly a pop punk kid. So really the most PG version of punk you could get. Uh, but recently I've been sort of getting into the hardcore scene more I, and more. I have been too, Rob. I hey, never thought in thing years I would have said that either. All but the, it's a turnstile thing for me. They they yeah. kind of broke the barrier down for me. And I started discovering more and more. And I got to say, I like it. I agree, dude. 100%. I have Kenny, to send your way, Mr. Robert. Please all right, do. Kenny, Kenny. All right. So uh, how about Hardcore for Idiots? Name a couple bands that we all should know. Refused is one of the best bands of all time. They're kind of in the punk rock world, but they definitely bleed towards hardcore. You've got All Pigs Must Die. You've got Nails. You've got Black Breath. You've got Strife. I found a couple new ones recently, one called Drain, which like... Oh, I just heard about Drain. Drain is unbelievable. And then there was another one. Fuck, it has a chick singer, like hardcore band with a oh, chick scowl? Yes. Yeah. Scowl. So, Kenny, or, can you... Is it Cowl or Scowl? Scowl. Scowl. Dude, she does, she's like in like skirts and ponytails and like... You're like, holy fucking shit. So what, what differentiates hardcore from just like harder punk? Like what, what would, how would you describe the differential? Like, is there like a, there's like a blast a good, beats kind of a thing? Such a guitar tone, a specific okay. guitar tone and hardcore. The breakdowns are a little bit like metal and hardcore might be closer. How, how do you say you, you could say hardcore is in between punk rock and metal kind of. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of fast, a lot of screaming, a lot of breakdowns, but a lot more thrashy and fucking. Yeah, like, everything oh. has a crunch to it. Yeah, it, are the like, fans of? Is it pretty like uh, hard barriers in terms of fan groups with that, or or do they people jump between? I them? can tell you that as a metal fan coming out of Florida with like Kill Switch Engage and fucking all that remains of bands like that, when I got to California, they all made fun of me because they listened to hardcore and they thought that I was a pussy for listening to like produced aggressive music as opposed to just thrashy fucking garage music um i just picture everyone in a hardcore band playing a jackson just like a jackson guitar yeah they, yes. that's what i picture every single time just or like fucking esps or like just seven neon bases. pink ones that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah fucking song for you guys man it'd be so good <laughs> i just had a crazy memory just come through my head and i'm not even gonna say it out loud uh johnny who's on your list I think I've talked about this account before, Dust to Digital. Yes, you yeah. have. Dude, but this dude came up here. Listen to this guy. It's not. It won't get pulled for copyright. It's um, this dude who is a human echo machine. If you unmute it, that'd be great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> every day that's the fuck yeah, he's it's it's fuck. I mean, it's like a p party trick, but it's still yeah. fucking cool. The things it's you crazy. can learn how to do when you're not having sex with people, it's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way. I think that... he's Brazilian. He probably fucks. 
no, more than no, us if he's Brazilian. There is no way that you have that skill and then afterwards go, I'm going to go have sex with something now. <laughs> you think that's no, no, no. Fucking guitar. I disagree. I think it's the absolute opposite. I think he's like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. And the pussy just comes <laughs> just his into, way. Just into the pussy. <laughs> yeah. And she said, why'd you say that twice? He says, I didn't. You just have a giant pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great account, by the way, Johnny. I did follow it. It's yeah, Dusty did. Uh, the coolest shit ever, I think. Like vintage uh, music and just music from around the world. It's really cool. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Uh, my on the list, I mentioned it earlier, is Jason Isbell. Uh, I finally got around to watching that new documentary of him making his most recent album on uh, on HBO, and I stayed up all night watching it. It's it's just really cool. It's him and Dave Cobb. Dave Cobb's produced like Sturgill Simpson, all of the Americana scene that's come out in the last few years. Uh, it, uh, part of it was watching Jason struggle to try and make the album. The other part of it was watching Dave Cobb and the way that he produces, where he'll literally just sit back and it's not it's not exactly hands on. It's Jason being like, "Did you like that?" And he's like, "Do it again, but like, actually feel it this time." Like I like producers like that, where it's not as like like dialed in. Like it's more just a vibe that you have from working with someone for so many years. It was it's really good. It's called uh, "Running with Our Eyes Closed." I highly recommend it to anybody with HBO Max. Uh, Dave, off your list. Uh, nostril scabs. <laughs> oh. Kenny, put it on Specific. your band name. Put it on your band name list. Nostril scabs. I was picking my nose the other day, and the nail like caught my nostril and started bleeding. So then it scabbed up, obviously. And now every time I pick my nose, it starts bleeding again. It really sucks. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Oh, the life of Dave Williams. The strike. The struggle. I went to bed. I took a Q-tip, put Neosporin on it, and just gunked it up there. So hopefully, it would be better today. And it wasn't. It's still a scab. Damn. Sorry to hear that, buddy. I can feel it. This is what the lyrics out. of like "Cannibal Corpse" is. If you, if you, yeah, it is exactly yeah. what it is. It's, it's just a guy man. describing a, a scab on his nose. Dave's hardcore, dude. He uh, is very. Robbie, don't oh, tell me you guys haven't had a fucking scab from picking your nose before. No, I've had one. I growing up had nosebleeds every day. I was a nosebleed kid. Like hardcore you were, nosebleed. You were kid. that kid that I was that kid. <laughs> picked on those kids. Yeah. Uh that was me, dude. I was a if you touched my nose, it bled. I I think my nose is so fucking big, it just takes up so much air. Um Robbie, off your list. Off my list is moving. I'm getting ready for uh, oh. a, a move right now. It stinks. It never stinks any less. No. Nope. But you dude. just gotta do it sometimes. Where are you I'll, going? I doubt I'll ever get to this point. But I've got to I've got to the point where I just pay for the move. But oh, yeah. it's still the whole boxing the apartment up and everything fucking sucks balls. Yeah. Well, so it's psychologically, you realize what a fucking hoarding piece of shit you are, oh, even if yes. you're not a hoarder. It, dude, it's the truth. I have so many fucking clothes from high school. So I'm 34. So <laughs> oh my god, I refuse to get rid of. Refuse I don't have clothes from of. high school. I'm 24. It'll be like I got like. <laughs> Wheat Moral South Tigers like cutoffs from football and shit. I'm like, oh, I've had this for so long. Like, I can't get rid of it now, but it just sits in boxes and that shit adds up. Dude, we, I just cleaned out my basement last week because we're getting room for baby shit. And I found a, a box of shit that I marked Collins Room No Girls Allowed on oh. from when, the first time we moved. I what, threw so everything like in or whatever. Dude, I threw everything in that box out. Uh, I was, it's it just taking up space in the basement. There is so much shit in my house that I don't need. It's unbelievable. And I'm, I'm, I don't give a shit about things usually. I usually just chuck it. But my entire basement is just full of ancillary bullshit. Robert, you saying, yeah. are you going to Jersey or are you going to New York? I'm moving 0.2 miles down the block. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. Literally just move into a place with a backyard because I'm getting a dog. Yeah. Uh, I, moved, I moved from uh, 364 on my street to 360 on my street. We moved, it, we moved the door down. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great that was a great move. We just walked. It was awesome. My neighbors were I can walk like most of the stuff. It's just the big shit. And it's also I'm currently on a third story, so we gotta go down. Sorry, you can oh. hear it. My mom's got a bird. I'm currently watching a dog and a bird right now. Dave, did you have Ace when you moved? Uh yeah. Did he care? Was he confused? Yes, he was uh he was super weirded out. And he's like like we had a thunderstorm yesterday, and I know some dogs with like fireworks and thunder, like they don't do he doesn't give a shit about that. Um, he was super, you could, he was like stressed. You could tell we learned back and forth, but I mean, it took a, it took a good solid week. I would say, well, we learned that my dog's a sociopath because when we moved, he's never once looked at the other house and he walks by it every day. We literally just brought him into the (laughs) new house and he, he was just like, okay, I live here now. I don't care. He never looked at the old apartment. Very stressed out. Uh, Kenny, you high motherfucker. Who's <laughs> on your list? Why are you yelling at me? I don't think I've ever actually seen Kenny this high. Kenny. He's like, I he actually seems you, high. You can get Kenny the Polly Walnuts wings going. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Polly Walnuts. <laughs> oh, come on. He's like, I want some walnuts. That sounds good, I love dude. A good walnut. <laughs> who's off your list? Oh, uh, who's off my list? Oh. <laughs> Yo, like, Coach. Okay, so we all know Coachella is like influencer fucking capital of the earth, right? And there's like some like pop writers, like top liners that I've worked with before that I follow. And to see people doing like influencer videos at Coachella, you're like, how like self unaware can you possibly fucking be? You know what I mean? Like, like, do I even know you? Like, Ugh. Just to me, it's secondhand embarrassment. I don't think it's because I'm old. I'm just like, yo, you got a it's long a way to go. Fake as hell. Just that's what it is. Instantaneous. You sniff it out, and you're like, this is fucking corny. Fucking like this is fucking <laughs> shit. Ugh. Damn, I have secondhand embarrassment now. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, off your list. That shows succession. Really? I've been really enjoying it, but this last few episodes, like every fucking bit of dialogue is like. Um, yeah, uh, well, uh, Don't spoil. Uh, 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 no, I'm not going to say anything because it's just like ums and ahs. Weird, the writing's that, getting to me. I heard that this last season is like one of the, like, maybe the best one. That's what I Maybe heard like big pitch points. The, the minutia of the writing is starting to really fucking annoy me. I think really? it's been incredible. I've loved it. <laughs> well, also, a side point to this is on my list is talking shit about TV shows because it's like the perfect hack for getting interaction online because yeah. you don't have to go after anything like serious like politics or anything. You just like say I, like if I said I hate the fucking Mandalorian, I know I could get Robbie angry. <laughs> to walk in. I don't even I don't even have to mean it. it, it but I, I, yeah, I I don't know. It's it, I like the overall story of succession and like the overall thing. It's just like some of the actual dialogue is getting to be too many. Um, uh, 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 it's like they're, they're all falling into the same habits and it's starting to annoy me. It's funny. We were talking about uh, Yellowstone last week and I think I've hit the point in Yellowstone where they stopped caring about the writing as much because yeah. it all just feels like kind of like a soap opera now where it's like, you're not the real father kind of a thing. Like, and I'm, yeah. just, I'm just like, oh, Alan, come on, tell dog. me you've gotten to the wedding scene. No, I haven't gotten to that yet. 
Dude, when you get there, please let me know because it's the most cringeworthy, corny television I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Dude, no, I I got to the thing for anybody listening who hasn't watched Yellowstone, plans to turn it off now, like where they find out that Jamie's adopted. And I'm just like, all right, dude, this is soap opera bullshit. It's like, oh, you're not the real father, huh? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What I can't believe is how much murder and fucking full like army shootouts can happen over cows in Montana. <laughs> You're like, yo, no. what is Casey Dutton's body count? Oh, it's I'm dead serious. It's way up there. It's like Sons of Anarchy. Jax Teller would easily be the greatest mass murderer in the history of the United States. <laughs> they just gun down entire groups of Latino bikers, and they're just like, all right, time to go back to the clubhouse. It's and like, he's like, what, what, what is he's like a fucking livestock? Officer, officer, like, yeah. Do they even have guns? Like, yeah, and, he, and then he murders an entire militia. And it's like, all right, <laughs> time to go back and wrangle these cattle. It's like, I but think see, dude, it, that's that's why I think it's it's so kind of fun because it's got that self aware, like the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, like there has to be an element of it not being realistic where you can just like let go and just have fun with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but it John is a yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, also like exactly. how fast and the furious is. Like, if if I get to season five of Yellowstone and Vin Diesel pulls up in a Camaro and is just like, "Get in, it's time for family," I'll be like, "This makes sense." Oh, so yo, it uh, is time for family. Say, let's go. Uh, <laughs> uh, my off the list went on this: uh, getting ready for a show again, uh, having to answer questions about load in times and guest passes and <laughs> press passes, and you need a TM, baby. We do need a TM, but I will say this, and I'm fully enjoying this. This goes back to my humanity thing, and this is a kind of like a cap on the entire conversation. We're working with a new guitar player, and we slid our our keys player over to bass, and the band has just never been tighter, and like I've never felt like I had more pros around, and I just feel like I'm rediscovering all of these songs and also working on the new ones. Just having moments in the studio where I'm sitting down, like, dude, this is what it's always supposed to feel like. This is it's so magical, dude, and I I fully enjoy that process we've been in there so much recently and i'm really excited to get in and finish the record so um, something nice about space from songs also we've been doing the same thing like revisiting 10 year old songs and just you you forget about everything the way it should have been played and you remember the song itself and you just play it a completely different way and you get some new magic out of it it, i mean even songs that we've been pre-proing for the record that we're finishing and then bringing in the two new elements and you're like Oh my God! We can make something so cool and weird here with the, with these new pieces of the chessboard. It's so, dude, it's yeah. so much fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Robbie, I know we got an out. Robbie, thank you for coming back again. I'll see you on Tuesday. Yep, thank you, thank you for having me, and I'll see you on Tuesday. We'll uh, make welcome. an AI song together. We will. Uh, Johnny Resnick <laughs> next week. Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, anything else for me? Nope. Nope. All right. Nope. Fuck you guys. We love you. See you next week. Hell yeah.